Welcome to Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. I am your host, Tracy J. Hines, and with me tonight I have Leslie Lee and Terry Saleh. Hello, ladies. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great for December, one week before Christmas. It's crazy. I can't believe how close Christmas is. I just can't believe it. Are you finished shopping? I really don't do a lot of shopping. You know, I don't have any little kids um, to buy toys and stuff for, so I don't do a lot of shopping. Like I told you before, I end up going to the store to go buy gifts, and then I end up shopping for myself. So it kind of uh, <laughs> defeats the purpose. It defeats the purpose, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I, That's what usually happens for me. But um, tonight we seem to be having a little bit of difficulty. I do have a um, a guest that I'm trying to get in. His name is Sadi. Um, I'm hoping that he can get in with the PIN number that I provided for him. He is this photographer, Terry, that is, to me, he is the most amazing photographer I've seen in a very, very, very long time. You know, he does um, women and he does nudes of women. And it's very tasteful. Um, there's no exposure. There's no full-on exposure, but there is exposure. But it's just so tasteful. And when I look at these pictures, it exudes love. So um, I wanted to have him on here so he can talk. Where is he getting all this motivation from? So I hope he's not having still any trouble getting in. I hope he gets in because I would really like to have him on and have a conversation with him. I see Leslie's back. Hey, Les. Hey. Hi, Terry. Hi, Leslie. How are you? I'm here. I was just telling um, Terry about the the photographer that I'm trying to get on. He's having trouble with the pin getting in. It's not patching him in, he said. So technical Mm -hmm. difficulties exist no matter what. All of us had trouble tonight getting in. So hopefully he'll get in soon. He's there. Hey, Sadie, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for coming on. I was just telling the girls that I've been watching your work and admiring um, the photos that you take and all the beautiful stuff that you do. And I was telling my my girlfriends, this is Leslie Lee. She's in Maryland. And Terry Saleh, who is in uh, D.C., they join me every night. Say hello to Sadie. Hi, how are you? How are you? I'm wonderful. How I'm great. How are you guys? Great. Great. So I was just explaining to them that I've been following you for probably over a couple of years, two or three years now, watching um, your work and, and what you do with women. And even you, you put some men in the photos, but mostly women is what I like. You know, I like that um, you find beauty in women from size zero to size 24, from light skin, dark skin, every walk of life in women, women you find beauty. And to me, there's something deep going on inside of you that you're able to bring that out in these photos. So I kind of want to get into that. What what is it? What do you see? How do you do that? Um, Well, I think, first of all, most of us were kind of raised on a beauty standard that was based on people who don't love us deciding what beauty looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was fortunate enough for my my mama, who was very interested in um, us knowing our connections to Africa, um, surrounding us in a beauty standard that had nothing to do with people who don't love us, but everything to do with people who do. And so just the way we look and the varieties that we come in and, uh, you know, our own naturalness is beautiful. And so uh, my perspective became if we're made in the image of the creator, then we have to be beautiful. And, you know, those of us who can't see it, that's, that's our flaw. Our flaw is in our perspective, you know. Um, you know, if we look like God, we have to be beautiful. It's just, we don't have a choice, you know. So I, you know, I I was raised in this world. I come out of my mama's house, and 
you know, I see TV or magazines and all of the other versions of beauty that everybody else saw. And, right. um, you know, those, those things I'm sure I've had to fight in some way, shape, or form. But I just didn't have that as the only version of beauty, you know. Um, right. So, I don't know. I, I, I've I gone into rooms and saw somebody and wondered, hmm, okay, how how am I going to do this? But if if I make myself, you know, vulnerable enough to allow it to come, then I always find it, you know, whatever so, the things that are beautiful about folks. So how do you... You know, when I look at your your, your photos, you know, I, I told my, my my girls that you take um, nudes, and it's very tasteful, yeah. it's very um, artistic, it's not lewd, uh-huh. it's not, um, you know, very revealing. You do see some things, but it's not very revealing. So how do you get the women to, you know, black women on a whole, we struggle. We, we struggle with, you know, low self-esteem, bad body images, how do you get them to a place where where they're able to, to display themselves in such a beautiful way that you're able to capture? Well, one thing is that um, discovering that the people who create the beauty standard are not the people who are who love us, it made me realize that everybody struggles. That mm-hmm. even though I've only shot, you know, a few not black people, um, right? They struggle. They struggle too, um, because the the beauty standards are literally just unrealistic, and so even the people who are known as supermodels struggle. You know, so if mm-hmm. you if you understand that everybody is self conscious, um, even the people who seem so. Um, like exhibitionists and so brave and whatever, they're doing right. something because they're living in a world where, you know, we're taught to focus on what we're, what we believe are flaws, you know, and everybody mm-hmm. has something that is not, um, you know, the 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 Western standard of beauty is perfect, you know, and so. Right, right. Um, one is I take people through a process. So everybody you see is a client, which means I don't go around finding people to photograph. I just allow the people who feel like there is something in it for them to hire me. And when they hire me, it says that they they want to go through the process, you know. And okay. in your in your desire to go through the process, um, I find I talk to people and find out what what they don't like about themselves and where they got that from. And, you know, as as most of you would know, most of the stuff that we struggle with is stuff that either TV, our friends, our family, most of all our family, um, or, you know, people that we we find ourselves having crushes on or something like that. All mm-hmm. our perspectives around ourselves, especially the negative ones, come from people usually we know, you know, we're connected to in some way. But So it's not necessarily uh, something that we put on ourselves. It's something that's put on us by other people that we're connected to, and then we kind of take it on, and it takes a life of we, itself. We internalize it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're seven years old and you're um, in the kitchen playing on the floor and your aunt comes in while your mother's doing dishes and your aunt says, you know, about you but not to you, her feet are big. And you hear this and then you're 11, you know, 13 and there's a boy you like and he says, you know, big feet, big feet because he probably likes you back but he doesn't have any vocabulary to to express that. And by the time you're 27, you kick somebody's foot and you say, I'm sorry, my feet are big, you know. And now you are the person projecting this perspective about yourself, even though it may totally be untrue. Right, right. But we internalize it, we spread it, we walk 
we lead with it, and then and then we find ourselves in relationships, and there's somebody who likes your feet, and you like, no, don't touch my feet because I don't like them, you know. So, you know, it, it's a our own process, and because it's just something we do to ourselves or other people do to to us, it's something that we can undo, you know. It's not a permanent well, how, how thing. How do we undo it? Because I... I find a lot of women of color struggle with body image, and that relates to um, low self-esteem, and it creates all different problems. So how do you think you undo that? Well, you you examine where it came from, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I had, uh, for a while, um, and and it was related to depression for me, but I, I was gaining a lot of weight. And I would come home and I would see my mama, and the first thing she would do was tell me how I need to lose weight or, you know, it shouldn't be, my stomach shouldn't be like it was. Right. And at first, I knew it wasn't right because I was already doing this work, but it didn't hit me for a while that, you know, maybe my mother needs to examine how she feels or what what she sees or what's going on because um, if there's somebody you love, you see them and you love them up. You don't tear them down, you know. Regardless um, of the weight or or whatever it is that or, you think is not just right. Right. And even but if, as if a mother, go ahead. As a mother, could it be that she was coming from a place of, I just want the best for you? Yeah, and probably I, didn't know be, how to, to see it. Oh, yes. Or it could be that um, because I'm not where I want to be in my life, um, I need to project that struggle onto you. And okay. because we, you know, we we have not often had the the blueprint on how to love somebody well. You know, right. And most of our parents, um, when we got their age, if we remember back to when we were at the ages that our parents were when they had us, we know we didn't know we didn't know much. You know, so they also didn't, and they were coming from people who were closer to the generations of people who were colonized. You know, closer to the general generations of people who were enslaved. So we have a lot of removing the remnants of oppression from us. Right. From our right, family, right. you know. And and we are we are further along in that road, you know, than they were. So we sometimes are in a place to educate them about how to love us and themselves a little better, you know. Hmm. But if we if we just use their model then we continue the cycle, you know. Right, instead and of so breaking I know the cycle. My, right, right. So I, I know my mother loves me beyond the scope of what love is. But my mother mm-hmm. can still learn how to do that better. And you know, I, I can relate to what you're saying because, you know, I have an aunt. And mm-hmm. every holiday, every get-together that we come to, for as long as I could remember, she would constantly comment on my weight, my size, good, bad, or indifference, whatever it is, that was what she focused on. And there were times when I was bigger than I should have been that she would, you know, zone in on it. And I I know she was coming from a place of love, but it made me so very uncomfortable that I couldn't, um, I couldn't deal with it. So I, I can see how that could set you back a little bit. Yeah, I I struggle with the should have been part though, because mm-hmm. if if I you know most of my stuff is is spiritually based and some of it right. uh, I don't have a like this is the blueprint on the spiritual based self love or whatever, but mm-hmm. I I because of my faith I feel like the places we are are a part of our journey and our destiny. And so there may be a time in your life where um, 
stuff is so hard that you need some softness to make it okay, you know, to make you okay to deal with this hard life or whatever. And So, so wherever you are in the journey, it. wherever you are yeah. in the journey, you're, that's where you're supposed to be. There's something that's that you need to receive to in that process. Exactly. And, and love yourself in it and through it. And so okay. maybe you showed up and you were, quote, unquote, bigger than you were supposed to be. But in my perspective, maybe you were exactly like you were supposed to be to deal with whatever was happening in your life at that time. And there's beauty in that because your your body, your everything is making sure that you're good to, to make it through it. And mm-hmm. then maybe something's happening where everything um, – it's heavy and you need to be light or whatever. I don't, you know, I don't know the reasons, but. Right, um, right. And so the weight comes off or whatever it is. Uh, and, and, you know, we live in a place that has kind of determined our worth based on our weight. And it does. The more it definitely tra- does. The more, but when you travel the, the world, you know, there are places you go where the the people fatten up the bride for the husband because, you know, if you roll up with a skinny wife, that means you're poor and you can't feed her or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. You know, so there are there are other versions, other standards of beauty that that are not based on the oppressions model. And the more mm-hmm. you get to discover that, the more you go to to places where the standard of beauty is different. Even in this country, I grew up in New Orleans. In New Orleans, right. if, if you think you're fine, we agree. You know, if, if you work <laughs> it, if you rock it, then we agree. And if you don't, then, you know, then we agree with that too. So, right. you know, going to another city, going to L.A. or some place where if you don't look like this, people don't even look at you. You know, if you grow up in that, that's going to affect your perspective, and you think that's the world, when really that's where right, you're right. You know, mm-hmm. and and if you go somewhere else where that ain't the standard, then you have the opportunity to experience, you know, the variety of perspectives and get to see yourself as beautiful. You know, you go to some place, and suddenly you get off the plane, and all the dudes are like, hey. You know, and you're like, wait, what? You know, but it's just right. these people right, weren't right. taught that you had to be a size four to be fine, you know. Right. They were just taught fine is fine, no matter what size. Right. Right. So, you know, another thing that comes through for me on your photos, when I see your photos, I see love. I see love everywhere. Um, are you in love? I am. I am. And, and how, you know, I look at the black love these days and it seems to be failing to me. You know, when I look and talk to different people, I see a lot of single women and they seem to be struggling. You know, how did you get there? How did you get to a point where you were able to fall in love as a black man? I didn't fall. I chose. Um, and I think that's the difference is that, um, Falling in love means that love happens to you, Um, Mm -hmm. whereas choosing love means you decide to, you know, to make someone a part of your life, to make someone your responsibility, to to make their well-being your objective. And I started doing that with those clients long before uh I was in a relationship, you know. I as soon as as soon as they put their deposit down, then I decided that I loved them. And not in a love like, you know, oh that's that's my girlfriend. But a love not like, a lust not a lust kind of love, but a love as in you're right. a human being and I love you. I get it. I get it. And, it comes but, through. But also, also your well being is my objective. And so I am going to um, cross, I guess, some of the lines of of what people decide is, um, you know, you you go you go lay on a couch 
at a psychiatrist and they sit on the other couch and they write down what you say. No, mm-hmm. me and you are going to choose to be vulnerable together, which is different because usually we only find ourselves being put in a vulnerable position. We don't recognize that we can choose to be vulnerable together. And that is, um, you know, choosing to be in a space where whatever whatever happens, whatever comes, we're going to make the best of it together. Um, and that, that changes the context. You know, most, most people only do love through context, through the context of war. So it's uh-huh. like, I'm not, I'm not even coming here to win. I'm coming here with the expectations of losing, but I just want to lose on top. You know, I just want to, not lose as bad as the other person or something like that. And and none of it makes sense to me. You know, if I'm if I'm loving you, then I really want the best of you and I'm going to put all all of me into that. And if you love me back and you do that too, then we can't lose. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I want to go back to what you said. You don't fall in love. You know, when you talk about love and you look at how love is defined a lot of times, you hear the falling in love as the way it is, but you said you made it a choice. So can you elaborate a little bit on that and how you, you choose to love someone? Is it just anybody or is it a time and place where you've grown, you've gotten to a place where you're ready to love someone? You know, I'm of the mindset that you do fall in love. You know, things happen and you... You know, it happens organically, and that's a matter of how you fall in love. But choosing to love, it sounds a little different to me. Well, I I think we grow to a place where we are mature enough to choose. I think um, throughout life, we've been taught, you know, the the Prince Charming and the Sleeping Beauty and the, all of this stuff, and uh, it it is a very inactive a very passive love. It just happens mm-hmm. to me and I'm not involved in it and I don't know what to do, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and and that means we're also waiting to be chosen, you know. Right. By somebody else because somebody has to choose. Um, mm-hmm. but, but if we're both active participants, then... That doesn't mean not falling doesn't mean you don't feel the emotions or the sweetness that happens. It just means I'm going to do this intentionally. You know, I'm not waiting for it to happen to me and then, you know, discovering that I'm in it. I -hmm. think that discovery leaves so much room for two people to not be in it simultaneously, you know, and many, all of us know that we've been in relationships with people who haven't been in the same relationship with us at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're, you, you, I've got a boyfriend, but he doesn't have a girlfriend. That That's, that's happened. That definitely right. happens. My right. girlfriend, Leslie right. talks about that on a, a number of times, you know, people think they're in a relationship, but each of you have different views. So you, what you're saying right. is you both need to choose at the same time. Right. And, and that you know, I mean, that's still there's still destiny involved in that. It's not like you just walk up and choose somebody and it's all good. You know, right. you have to be in a space that's where you're mature, mature enough, where you're wise enough, where you're healthy enough to be able to do that with someone. And if you're lucky, they're wise enough, mature enough, and healthy enough to be able to do it as well. And that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you both are perfect at it. It just means you're in right. a place where you strong enough to work at it together, work through it together, work on it together, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's a much more, it, it empowers you to love as opposed to this thing where love is happening to you and you're just waiting on it to happen. And then when it happens, you you got to catch up with it, you know. Right. Um, that's, that's sexy. It's romantic. It's pretty. It makes good movies, but is it real life? You know, when, when, when our grandparents were together, somebody chose for them if they didn't choose themselves to be together. 
and they lasted so long based on that choice, you know, mm-hmm. which, which is not romantic. It's like practical. We are starting a business together. We choose to do the, you know, the, the, our responsibilities in that thing, and then we make it happen together. And that's a lasting relationship, you know, whereas because... Do you think, do you think black love is fading? Do you think it's fading in, in society today? No, I don't think it's fading. I, I think we are allowing other people to define it for us. Um, I agree. And and we have to get back to ourselves. We have to, you know, it it amazes me. I spend a lot of time online because of my work. And mm-hmm. the amount of brilliance that we spend on memes and funny videos and this, that, and the other, if we spent that stuff on things that actually serve us, we will be killing the whole thing, you know. I get we are brilliant, it. I get it. we're powerful, we, you know, we do it. But we spend it, the energy, you know, doing a whole video to make the internet laugh or something like that, which I don't, I'm not hating on that. I just wish right. we thought our own lives, we put as much intentionality into our own lives, our own welfare, our own success, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even even just loving ourselves, because if you decide that you love yourself, then you have to decide what that looks like and, and what acts of love do you, you know, do do you do you employ in that self love? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. For, for instance, um, I have been doing my job for so many years and talking all this love stuff, and right. and I was trying to make everybody else good, and my life was kind of yucky. I'm living in hotel rooms. I'm lonely as hell. I'm, you know, I'm right. not pampering right. myself. I'm not eating well. So you were like a walking contradiction, so to speak. Yeah, I was what most of the people we know that are all these self-care, self-coach, love coach, this, that. They're all of this stuff, but do, do, do their own lives model the the success that they're proposing, you know, in their, in their teachings or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I, I had to make certain decisions, like if this person doesn't act, actively show that they care about me, am I going to rock with them, you know? Right. And right. I, I had been the king of rocking with people who didn't actively show me because it was because the relationship was usually based based on me actively showing them, you know. Right, and it's got to go both ways. It definitely has to go both ways, or then it's not serving you anymore. Or it never served you, but right. but they keep they fine or whatever you know, but it never mm-hmm. served you. Or or you so you've been taught uh, that regardless of all the things you've done in your life, that you're still not fully a man or a woman unless you have a relationship. And so... I I don't believe that, though. I, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe it either, but we hear it, you know, and so we have people who spend their their energy trying to get in a relationship as, a, as opposed to working and loving on themselves enough to be able to recognize when the right person, when it's time to choose the right person, you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think about that all the time. You know, singleness seems to me to be like a curse here in this society. If you're single, you see, it seems to be shunned upon, you know, especially for women, you know, because she's not, she's barren. She's, she hasn't made any children. She's not married, and she's single. She's just wandering aimlessly. Sometimes... You know, that, that comes out in, in, in this society. But I, I don't think that's the case. I think single is fine. Single is, is, is okay. Not everybody's going to be married. If, if you got a destiny, then maybe your destiny is for you to be single or to be single at this time or whatever because nothing is forever. Some things are just at this time. There's this thing you need to be working on and your energy should be there. And when you know, when it's time for love, that will show itself. But exactly. 
if, if we are always working from a place of lack, like I ain't this because I don't have that, mm-hmm. you know, that that leads to all of the fakeness that we discover, you know, you your your your, your body, your you know, all the stuff you wear and all of this stuff is fake because you need to you need to put on this stuff to look like you have it. You know, I'm I'm on Instagram and everybody is living a round the world life. And I'm like Right. <laughs> I I, I can't do live a round the world life, you know, for real. Mm-hmm. Like I do. And my life don't look like that though. So is everybody really right. falling out of control? Or is it like we're putting on to entertain people and make people think that we have something that if we loved ourselves more, we would we would be more of who we are. Oh, I think there's a lot of put on. There's a lot of put on on social media. There's a lot of stuff that's hyped up because people are lacking in self-love, self-esteem, and they're just lost. That's That's why I asked you, you know, what's happening with black love? I find that people are just suffering. And they're looking for ways to be loved, and and they're not finding it. So I, I see the fakeness. I see it too. Yeah, but I, there's also the um, the body positive positivity movements, and there's the natural hair movements, and there's you know um, people who are being more active about loving other black people, you know, in a revolutionary way or whatever. You know, as much right. as there is the show of of the put on, there's also the show of the efforts to get closer to love, whether it's self-love or, or loving other folks, you know. So mm-hmm. one of the things I've had to do, you know, uh, just based on my, my business, um, is I've had to be able to find what's good. When you walk in, I have to be able to look past the fact that you might have gotten on my nerves the fact that you're scared as hell, the, the fact that you, you know, you're scared as hell means that you're going to treat me funky. You know, all right. of this stuff right. to, to to find all of the greatness about you and to love that, you know. Right, right. And I think, I think we have been taught to find all, all of what not to love um, about people, I kind of agree about with each other, I... about ourselves. And and that's part of the issue is 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 our choice because all of it's available to us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if I love you, and I tell you about the things I don't like, um, I can. There should be a way for us to do that in love, you know. Yeah, and I there agree should with that. be some things that I that I tell you that are about the things I do like. And no, and that also happens in love, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm rambling for a second, so. No, no, no. You're not rambling. You're you're, yeah. you're giving me stuff that I want to hear, so this is good. Okay. But you know, I do have another question for you. Um, do you think? Um, there's all I see a lot of stuff on Facebook about side pieces and side chicks. Do you think that um, being faithful is possible in a relationship, or do you think it's just not possible in this day and age that men and women always need to seek outside of their relationship for for extra? You know, um, that that's an interesting one in that um, we moved to this place we didn't move. We were we were brought here. You know, we were stolen and brought here. And then right. from that time, we were given, some people might be mad when I say this, but we were given the Bible. And right. um, a lot of the things in the Bible were used to subjugate us. And I'm not, this is not a anti-Christian diatribe, by the way. It's just um, recognizing that the the perspective of suffering mm-hmm. is something that that we didn't choose. It was it was forced upon us, but now we're choosing it. And so, along with the suffering, we've chosen a lot of perspectives. Some of which is how a family is supposed to look. And I don't, I can't 
say I know how a family is supposed to look. I don't know that um, you are nothing unless you have a spouse. I don't know if you're supposed to be married till death do you part. I don't know um, if it's supposed to look like just two people and 2.5 kids and a dog. I don't know. Uh, and because I don't know, uh, it makes more sense for me to find out what works for me as opposed to me trying to force everybody to do what somebody said you're supposed to, you know. Now, so it sounds to me like monogamy is not your thing. Am I am I hearing no, no. you right? No. Uh, it sounds, what I'm saying more is that I don't, I don't try to create a one-size-fits-all thing. Now, the, now, to speak directly to the side piece thing, I think that's lame. I think it's, you know, what people who who don't care about themselves create a new position or genre or whatever to mm -hmm. act like it's cool. It's like when uncool people get together, then they decide that their uncoolness is cool and they validate it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. It happens. If any of y'all have gone to HBCU, <laughs> then you was a freshman and you was in school with somebody who was just your nerdy friend. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere along in the semester, um, they got... They got what do you call it when when the the fraternity calls you in to go through the whatever stuff you got to go through to get into when you're pledging you're fraternity. pledging you're online when you mm -hmm. when you're pledging when you when you're pledging now All right. and this is not like I I got something against pledges I'm just using the using this as, a, as an example this person goes through these few weeks of whatever and they get a new jacket with a nickname and now they're cool. Now, they may be really the same person, but they got other people validating them now. They've got an endorsement, before. so to speak. Right, mm -hmm. right. And that endorsement makes the same corny person you might have been suddenly cool. And I think we get together and we endorse a lot of uncool things. So I'm not um, a proponent of the side piece movement, you know. Uh, I am a proponent of, you know, whatever works for you and your person and, or people or whatever they are, you know. Um, okay. Okay. I, I, I grew up, I grew up in polygamous families. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't see successful ones. Mm -hmm. But I didn't see very many successful monogamous families. You know, so, so I don't, I don't speak from a place of expertise on that. I speak from a, like, what is working for you and your, and your thing that you worked out? You know, is that, does that work for you? Is that serving you? If it's uh, working for you and it serves you, happy, then God bless you. And and well, you know, what I know is in these last few weeks, because I'm, I'm a news junkie, so I listen to all the different news cycles. And what comes to my mind with all the craziness that's been going on with all the different politicians and, and people in high places and all the sexual misconduct that's going on, this country is sick. We're sick in how we look at a lot of things. And it's just like you said earlier where somebody is dictating what's the standard in anybody's life and who knows what's right or who, what's wrong. I don't think that there's any such thing that black love is suffering because people are falling in and out of love all the time. I think it's how it's portrayed and how people want us to perceive ourselves because there's still yeah. that whole idea that, that they want people of color to not feel as great about themselves as they should. And you see it all the time. Like I heard, um, what's her name? Oh, my goodness. She was talking on some show that comes on in Atlanta in the morning. 
um, K. Michelle, and she was okay. talking about the Kardashians, and she said that, you know, they have, you could call it whatever you want. Their brand is their brand, and how they got to where they are is how they got to where they are. However, they get celebrated for what they do. Meanwhile, a black woman is criticized for doing the same thing. So people take our, we have flavor. Black people have flavor. I'm, I'm that that mindset that I come from a wonderful race of people, and we've created a lot of stuff, and people take our creations and make it their own. So I think that when it comes down to that sexual thing and what's normal and what's not normal, it's still coming from a perspective that somebody's telling us or giving us the idea of what is normal. And mm-hmm. that love yeah, is love. And there's no such thing as black love is failing or any love is. We're all failing in some respects. And we're all succeeding in, in other areas as well. So I agree with you saying, like, whatever works for you, whatever is defined for you, work it. Because I've never been that type of person that all my life, like, I remember when I was a little girl in the in, and I remember when they used to do that test, and they would test black, like, which doll is prettier or which doll is nicer. I would have always chose that black doll. I get angry when I see them little kids, like, what? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I, and I've always been that girl since I was knee-high to a grave. I love being black. So I don't like that whole context built around black love is feeling. Love may be feeling because white people are letting their stuff slip out. It's all in the media. It's slipping out. Right. Right. Okay. Because okay. That's fair. Uh-huh. Go ahead, Go ahead Well, I mean, we, you know, the, the one of the major problems is that the media is our, our teacher, our life teacher. You know, like, we, we learn what to do and what not to do by the media. And, and it matters. You know, like it matters to somebody, to K. Michelle maybe, that Kim mm-hmm. Kardashian is being um, celebrated by whoever, by the people in the media or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. If you if you love yourself more, then you know it doesn't matter as much who celebrates you if you celebrate you. Well, right. you know, and I, I think she was coming people from people are going to follow. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, to to interject about K. Michelle, I don't think it was coming from a place that she was con- that she wasn't being celebrated. It was coming from a place of like her people, her and her people, because she's in that industry, have been doing the mm-hmm. things that make us great. But when it comes from a a person of color's perspective, the media makes it seem like oh that's bad. But if a white person puts cornrows in her hand in her hair. That's art. That's beauty. So I don't think she was coming from a place where she felt bad. She was just saying, like, listen, you know, they, they're being celebrated for what they do. It's time for us to celebrate us the same way for what we do and not critique each other or be so hard and, and make the mainstream media appreciate us. Because the things that you don't like about us, you're imitating. Yeah, but most of the stuff that is being celebrated is usually the most ridiculous thing. So, True. you know, I mean, uh, you know, there, you remember that guy who was like, uh, I can't even remember him. It, it was, uh, I'm not even going to use him. Let's say the, the girl who said, catch me outside. How about that? Mm-hmm. She became a star after somebody reposted that video and became famous and celebrated and known and whatever. There was nothing of value or substance or importance or goodness about that girl and anything she said, but because it's entertainment, then it's put out there, it's blasted, we celebrate it, whatever. Now, for for me, when I look at a Kim Kardashian, when I look at most of the people who are really being celebrated, what are they doing for themselves or for us? What what are they doing that's good? You know, it's, you can it's get not rich. too much that's that's worthy of celebration. It's not too much. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's, it's not really something that is of spiritual or substantial value. It's just entertainment. 
you know, and it's not entertainment like she's a genius and she did some entertaining things. She's Stevie Wonder, she's Prince. No, she's just, you know, entertainment, mindless entertainment. Right, right. I want to switch this over a little bit because we're almost out of time, and I want to I want to talk to you, Sadi, about about a post that I saw that you wrote a while back, talking about your development as a man and what you had to do internally to grow as a man to be able to love. Can you share a little bit of that? Um, sure. Um, you know, mainly, uh, I had to be honest. And what does that mean? What does that mean you had to that, be honest? That means what what have I done that's good for me? What am I doing that is good for me? What have I what am I doing that's really a lie? What what am I doing that's really to project some image of myself as opposed to um recognize what's not working for me and and work to improve it. And some of that was recognizing that um, I, like most people I know, have insecurities, insecurities and low self-esteem and stuff like that. And do right. I have to stay there or can I um, love myself through it? Can I say, um, I don't like the way my body is right now, so I'm going to work out, but am I going to kill myself to work out? you know, so hard because I need to look like Tyson Beckford or whatever, or is my body just not a Tyson Beckford body and they got women who love mine. So, you know, love me enough to be honest about that. Can I love me enough to say, you know, my greatness is not based on my body. So, so do I, um, find what my greatness is and work that, or do I just, always wish that I was like somebody else. You know, if I'm made in the image of the creator, then uh, I've been given all the gifts, you know, all the things. I've been fully equipped. Do I really check myself and work on my, work with my equipment, or do I always wish that I had what somebody else has, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's just finding the way to check myself. Do I celebrate myself? Do I believe in what I've been brought here to do? Or am I always distracted by somebody else's success and then mad because I don't have their equipment or whatever, you know? Um, And and how does that translate to you um, loving the one you've chosen to love? How does that translate? You know, okay, you've built yourself up. You've 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 converted yourself so that you're you're loving yourself. But how does that translate for you to be able to choose someone to love? What does that do for them? Well, one, it 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 makes me honest enough to recognize that I am, you know, a work in progress. Which means if they're my reflection, if she's my reflection, then she is also a work in progress. And so I'm not expecting her to be. Um, at some level of expert love that I'm not at, we both are figuring it out, you know, mm-hmm. um, which means I am I am going to be more patient or, um, or understanding, or even if I'm not, I am going to work on that because I recognize that I'm not the, the standard, you know what I mean? We're both right, working right. to get there. Right, right. And if we're both working, and working together, then we just take our hands, we go on this journey, and we might fall. One might have to lift the other up. Uh, one might be ready to go faster, whatever, whatever. But if we're going together, to me, two people work together better than one, you know, uh, mm-hmm. especially if you're on, on the same accord. So um, if I had all the time in the world, I'm sure I could come up with, specific examples of this thing or that thing, but it's just, you know, it's just understanding yourself and where you are enough to recognize that some person is coming, um, you know, not at a state of 
whatever the perfection is, but also at, at in a place where they can grow. And mm-hmm. if we choose, we just grow together. You know, I don't know. It sounded a little. Uh, uh, no, it's spaceful, good. It's good. But, don't worry. It sounds yeah. good. Yeah. So. All right. So. Go ahead. Um, you you and I don't know each other. We both were talking. Nope. Um, yep. But you say, well, you go ahead. And I say, well, wait, you go. You know, and if we're making room for each other to find a way to get our points across. And and it's, that's a simple thing, but that process can happen in everything we do. That's you know, a great analogy. That is a great analogy for, for relationships because that's what it takes, you know, to make it and to go through. You have to make room for the other person and they, that you, you know, they have, you have to make room for whoever it is that you're choosing to love. If you don't make room, it's never going to work. Right. And if I come in with my version of how it's supposed to be based on whatever my experience is, and you have a version based on whatever your experience is, we have very different experiences and it's very difficult, difficult to come to a, a meeting place. That's not mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, I don't know. That that's substantial enough for a lifelong arrangement to happen. You know. I get it. So I definitely. I I can't judge you by my experience. I have to learn you and learn and be understanding of your experience. And you do the same for me, and then we make room for for all of that. You know. Yep. Yep. Well, if someone wants to get in touch with you, Sadie, how do they do that? Can you share? Because we're out of time, and uh, I want to give you an opportunity to put yourself out there. Because if anybody uh, sees I, what I see, they're going to want to book with you. So how do we get in touch with you? I think the best ways are to uh, reach out to me through Facebook or Instagram. Uh, both of those would be Sadi Kali, uh, that's S A. D D I K H L I uh photos T H O K H A L I photos P H O T O S. Um and so you know you can write me there, you can go to uh my website decolonizingbeauty.com. Um you know, I'm I'm pretty easy to contact. And I answer you directly as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insight and your perspective on love and, and beauty and and giving us, you know, a little bit of tidbits of, of what goes on in your head. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. This is thank Love Talk. Love Talk. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. This is Love Talk. Love Talk for everyday people. Have a good night. <laughs>